Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. First ever poor man podcast. That's right, my podcast. Nobody can tell me anything. To subscribe, go to my website, poorman.com. Click on the subscribe button. It's $10 a month. Try me one month, and then you can tell me off. How's that sound? We even have giveaways. This advertisement was not sanctioned by KCAA. In fact, it's a nightmare to them. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. With your host, Barry Lynn. All right, and welcome to today's edition of Culture Shocks. This is Barry Lynn. Uh, let's see, uh, 50 years ago, uh, you know, I was perhaps uh, 13 years old or so, and I vaguely heard one day we only had 15-minute newscasts then. There was, of course, no 24-7 cable news. That may or may not have been a good thing, but in 15 minutes... Huntley and Brinkley or Walter Cronkite or somebody in 15 minutes pretty much told us everything we now get out of hours and hours of news, just the facts, including the facts about what the Supreme Court was doing. And I heard one day that the Supreme Court had heard this case about prayer in school. Now, I lived in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, in eastern Pennsylvania, not too far from Philadelphia, and it was, in fact, near that metropolis of Philadelphia that my local paper uh, observed that prayer had been kicked out of school, at least in the metropolis area of Philadelphia. Now, little did I know, because I wasn't that smart in the 8th or ninth grade, when I went to the ninth grade the next year, the next fall, I did notice something. We were not saying the Lord's Prayer anymore. We used to. We weren't reading ten verses from the Bible either. The teacher mumbled something about prayer having been outlawed, and that was pretty much it. End of practice. Now, I was a very devout Christian kid at the time. I studied my Sunday school lessons on Saturday, so I'd know the answers the next day. I prayed often, but I had never quite figured out why we prayed in school. I can't say that it bothered me too much. I, I didn't think it made anybody uncomfortable. Why? Because nobody ever told me that they were uncomfortable. I did know that certain Bible passages were read more than others. Students got to pick them in our school. Uh, the begats, you know, those lines in the Bible, the verses that say, 
and so and so begat so and so and so and so begat so and so and it was kind of said with a smirk and then there was that verse in Song of Solomon's that mentioned the word breasts that seemed to be read quite a bit in our school I also knew that I generally didn't close my eyes during prayer because my well I I really had a crush on this girl named Karen, and the only way I could see her in that period, of course, was to keep my eyes open, not closed. During prayer, I could take a look at her. Well, my guest today was the man who stopped that practice in Pennsylvania, and indeed in the other 29 states where prayer or Bible reading was going on. His efforts uh, didn't start out, of course, as a lawsuit. His experience was a bit different, and it revolved around his sense that the school he was attending, Abington High School outside of Philadelphia, kind of made assumptions about holy scriptures that there was, in fact, only one. We're joined by Ellery Shemp of the famous Shemp decision of the United States Supreme Court. Ellery, welcome to the program. It's a great pleasure to be with you, Barry. Yeah, you didn't have any. Uh, you didn't have that experience of, of keeping your eyes open so you could take a gander at a girl, did you? Well, I often point out that um, one of the questions that nobody ever considers is what kids actually will pray for. Um, as a teenager, I prayed for all sorts of things that probably were not uh, acceptable in Sunday school. Well, one day you decide whatever is going on in that school, you want to make a point about other holy works. It ain't just the Christian Bible. So what did you do? Well, um, I, um, I objected to the notion that there was one, only one source of truth, only one holy Bible, and so I brought a copy of the Koran to school, Just mm. um, and I didn't know anything about Islam, um, and, but um, I wanted to show that there were other holy scriptures. This was by accident. I could have brought the Bhagavad Gita or something, but uh, sure. it wasn't handy. Right. But uh, I also came to notice that the Catholic kids actually said the Lord's Prayer in a slightly different way, and I learned later that the Catholic um, version of the Bible the Douay Rhymes version, differs quite significantly from the King James version, which was the only one that was actually used in our school. Right. But there's also the, um, many other translations, of course, and they, they differ in quite substantial ways. And, of course, the New Testament is not any part of the Jewish Holy Scriptures. Of course. So you found out, I mean, it was clear, and, and there was some observation that you were obviously doing that I was not doing that uh, other kids, for example, uh, might be praying slightly differently, using words that were a little different for the Lord's Prayer uh, than uh, the conventional version used in, uh, you know, by the... Te- was this done by the teachers, or was it done over the PA system, or was it... Uh, In the early grades, uh, obviously the teacher read the Bible, but by junior high school they had given this up and turned it over to the kids to uh, read in rotation. So Susie would read it on Monday and John would read it on Tuesday and so forth. And uh, hardly anybody remembered when it was their turn. So you just uh, stumble around, find the Bible, open it at random, and if you stumbled through ten verses, you had done your duty. Exactly. By by high school they put it over a public address system. Really? Well, yeah, that's... um... Yeah, I don't think we ever did that. I think when I, because I was only in junior high school, and I, I think it was this random selection, but again, it ended up a lot with the begats. Now, so you do this. You bring I have the... to tell you the story about uh, King Solomon's um, <laughs> the Song of Solomon because, um, you know, in, in junior high school, I aspired only to a single girlfriend. And when I read that, um, that Solomon had uh, 300 wives and 700 concubines, that was distinctly inspiring. I guess it was. Well, they said it was inspiring. 
inspirational, and it turned out to be, uh, even if you couldn't put it into practice. So you bring the Quran, and of course, this was, of course, pre, long pre-9-11, so you weren't immediately assumed to be a terrorist, but I suspect that the, the folks in authority in your school weren't any too happy to have it pointed out to them that there was another inspirational scripture. Exactly, and um, what I did is I read the Quran quietly to myself. I didn't make a disruption, but I broke the rule because you're supposed to pay special attention to the Bible reading and put all your other work away, and I did not stand for the Lord's Prayer. Mm. Um, then we had the flag salute, of course. Sure. Um, so I was immediately sent to the principal, and the principal was extremely confused um, <laughs> and couldn't understand why a good student like me um, was doing this, and so he sent me to the guidance counselor because clearly I was disturbed. <laughs> Uh, when, do you remember what the guidance counselor thought of the matter? Uh, well, actually, she turned out to be quite a nice woman really? um, who was rather sympathetic, I think. But, of course, under the school um, rules, she was very afraid to say that. Of course. But uh, her, she started off by asking if I had any trouble with authority and whether I was having <laughs> conflicts at home with my father and various things. And I said, no, my father and I get along very nicely, and all I have is an objection to Bible reading. <laughs> <laughs> so how quickly after that kerfluffle, a word that I hadn't heard actually for years, but somebody used it, in an interview the other day, so and I like it, a kerfluffle. Uh, this becomes, as you think about it, more and more serious. And how long before you contact your local ACLU office and uh, eventually get in touch with attorney Henry Sawyer III? Well, um, that evening I came home and talked about what happened at the school over, uh, over dinner with my family, and my father suggested that I write to the ACLU, and so I wrote a letter and put it in the mail with a $10 bill, by the way, and that turned out to be very important because really? the ACLU was giving four, and $10 sounds like a lot of money, like about yeah. $100, I guess, wow. and so this kid must be serious. <laughs> but it just took the ACLU um, almost a year uh, with back and forth and interviews with the family before they decided that this was really a substantial issue and uh, that we would be uh, a good plaintiff family. Uh, that was very important because I was about to graduate um, sure. one year and the case would never have gotten to the court uh, if it hadn't been for my brother and sister who were still um, there. Otherwise, it would have been mooted. Exactly. Say. Well, yeah, it's one of the things about, uh, and we've talked about it in regard to other Supreme Court cases on religion and other matters, you need standing. You need to have enough of a connection to a controversy to be allowed to get into the court, and as you know, if you like, listen to this show every day and take notes, the United States Supreme Court, not just on religion cases, although there too, they're cutting back that opportunity to be heard. And a lot of people, even some of my conservative friends, say, you know, it may have gone too far. When you have a grievance, you ought to be get inside the courthouse door. If you don't get in, you don't get to make your argument. And there's something wrong with that. We're talking to Ellery Shemp, who is the uh, plaintiff in the famous Shemp versus the Abington School District case. It's celebrating the 50th year of its decision. But we'll talk about how we get to court before we get to the decision with Ellery in a minute, right here on Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn. Now back to Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn on the Genesis Communication Network. Our nation's founders believed that all Americans have the right to worship according to their own beliefs or not to worship at all. So strong was their commitment to religious freedom that they enshrined it in the first sentence of the Bill of Rights. 
Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We call this constitutional guarantee the first freedom. Religion is deeply personal, and Americans must be free to practice without coercion. There must be a separation of church and state. We are on the verge of losing this fundamental freedom. You may wonder, what can I do? The answer is simple. Do what our founders did. Sign your name to a very important document, the First Freedom First Petition. Go to www.firstfreedomfirst.org and sign it today. By standing together, we can send a powerful message to our elected officials. Gold. If you listen to the radio, watch TV, or surf the net, you're hearing about gold. Eventually you will ask yourself, is gold right for me? The answer might surprise you. We protect ourselves and our families from many things. Do you have medical insurance? Is your home insured? Do you carry life insurance? How about financial insurance? If you own gold, then the answer is yes. If you don't own gold, the question is why don't you have financial insurance? We put our faith in things we trust. Do you trust the dollar? Do you trust the economy? Do you trust the government? Gold has always been something you can trust. For thousands of years, people have put their faith in gold. Where will you put your faith? Now is the time to protect yourself and your family. Call Midas Resources today at 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. And ask for Jim Parker. Let me help you get started today. 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. Oklahoma reminds us there are many kinds of storms in our lives. Nature regularly sends us destructive storms. 24 hours before a storm strikes, people panic. It would be wise to prepare ahead of the panic curve. The food price storm from drought and livestock problems is forecast to hit ridiculous heights by the end of the summer. Wonder if there will really be a problem? eFoods Direct has a plan to maximize your food dollar and guarantee you'll be glad you ordered food. Until July 10th, buy three of any food item and receive the fourth one free with free shipping. The guarantee. After September 20th, when you've seen what happened with food prices and shortages, if you're not glad you ordered food, return the food unopened for a full refund. Go to eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex or call 800-409-5633. Your peace of mind guarantee. eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex or 800-409-5633. Don't throw away leftovers. Instead, throw all your leftovers, vegetable peels, eggshells, coffee grounds, pizza crusts, and more into the Bokashi. If you love to garden and compost but don't like the hassle of turning a compost bin or the smell, then check out the EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics. Finally, a way to recycle all your food and plant waste safely and effectively and stop using fertilizers. The EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System. Rather than decomposition, the Bokashi system uses fermentation to break down waste, so it takes less time to create nutrient-dense humus for crops or gardens with no turning and no obnoxious odors. To learn more and order your Bokashi online, visit Terraganics.com and click on the orange button. That's Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Recycle all your food wastes in about six weeks with the Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics.com. Terraganics, life's getting better. All 
right, we are back right here on Culture Shocks. We're talking to Ellery Shemp, the 50th anniversary this year, just last month, of a very important Supreme Court decision, Shemp versus the Abington School District, Abington High School just outside of Philadelphia, in the suburbs of Philadelphia, where the court eventually rules 8 to 1, you can't require Bible reading in public schools, you can't require the recitation of the Lord's Prayer, a prayer picked out of uh, history. Um, okay, Ellery, apparently there were, not only were you perceptive, you were hearing that there were, seemed to be a Catholic version of the Lord's Prayer, a Protestant version of the Lord's Prayer, but apparently there were also some, at least hints, maybe even discussions with other people in your school, Jewish students, for example, getting a little bit concerned about every time the Christian Bible happened to be open to the Jesus, yes, Jesus the Christ birth or resurrection events, uh, made them uncomfortable. They were still perhaps waiting for a Messiah. Apparently, believers in the New Testament had already found him. How much discussion did you have with your peers I had a great deal, and uh, I was very fortunate in many ways, but one of them was that he had a, we had a wonderful English teacher, Alan Gladhorn, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, and he started our Thursday evening discussion group. Uh, so a bunch of uh, 10 or 12 of us from Honors English met uh, on a routine basis, and we discussed lots of topics. Of course, this was the beginning of the Civil Rights Movement and um, after just after the McCarthy era, and um, but so we were very concerned about a lot of, um, of civic issues. and. Uh, the Bible reading came up, and the um, the way the authority of the Bible was being used bothered a great number of us, um, you know, particularly since a lot of us were very interested in science, and of course sure. we couldn't believe that Noah's flood actually ever happened, and uh, the story of Genesis didn't seem like it made very much mm-hmm. sense. Um, so the authority of the Bible was um, a big issue, in, uh, because it was referred to by teachers um, on a fairly often basis, and um, so, but I, but it was improper for the schools to try to impose one religious uh, tradition, one religious notion on everybody. The idea that one size fits all was um, clearly uh, unreasonable. Sure. And I'm even more uh, important in the years that have passed in the last 50 years because the country has become far more diverse in its um, uh, in religious sure. um, views of our people. You know, in those days there weren't very many Asians religions, there weren't very many Wiccans, there weren't very many atheists, there weren't very many, um, so, but, you know, the idea that one religion, one religious tradition fits all was clearly uh, wrong. Okay, so it takes a year, though, and uh, you write, and your parents are very supportive of you, something that occasionally happens at this time when these kinds of issues still crop up, and we'll get to that in a few minutes, but your parents were supportive. Uh, it took the ACLU about a year to be sure that you were the right plaintiffs, that you had standing, you had a younger brother and sister, they could continue the case if it took a while. So when the actual case is filed, what does your principal say then? Your principal, I should add, who happens to be a Methodist minister as well as your principal, How, what's his reaction when he finds out he's been sued? <laughs> um, well, he was very annoyed <laughs> and quite irritated. Um, and but I have to say, in his defense, that it was a Pennsylvania law, and um, the school district or the principal or the teacher, none of them had any authority to, to stop it because it was required by law. 
But um, he did um, take offense, and um, he worked very hard to keep me out of going to, to college. He insisted that my applications come to his desk, um, which was unusual, yes. and he wrote a letter of disrecommendation to every college that I applied to. Good he even went so far as when I was admitted to Tufts, and uh, in fact, I got admitted to every college I applied to, but uh, uh, he <laughs> called Tufts and said that they had made a terrible, terrible decision, and uh, I was the rotten apple in the barrel, and they would forever regret uh, admitting me. Um, I was very happy that the Dean of Admissions on one occasion told me that uh, Tufts never regretted their decision. That's very good. And uh, that's uh, so but he, he clearly tried. I mean, you didn't have I, when did you learn about this? I mean, you didn't have uh, to file another lawsuit arguing that your due process was violated because the principal is not supposed to take extraneous information. I didn't even know about, about it at the time. No. I only learned it later. <laughs> only learned it later. OK, so it starts in a district court. What, what was the early reaction? What was the first decision in your case? Well, um, um, at that time, there was a law that said that a substantial constitutional issue would be heard by a three-judge uh, mm -hmm. district court, and the appeal from that would not go through the appeals court, but go directly to the Supreme Court. Right. That law was changed. But anyway, um, we um, we won a three-to-zero decision, three-to-nothing, um, that declared that the Bible reading practices and the Lord's Prayer practices were um, unconstitutional based on the violation of both the Establishment Clause and the Free exercise clause that was very powerful yeah the what's the free exercise argument I mean, after all the government is telling you what to what holy scripture to use the government is telling you what prayer to say uh, so how do you make this free exercise case there at the lower court which is still three judges uh, in pennsylvania um, well, they were federal courts. Uh, federal but, courts, uh, of course. Uh, the, um, well, what I said to my homeroom teacher after he <laughs> reprimanded me for not following the school rules and listening to the Bible reading and standing for the Lord's Prayer, I said, look, as a matter of conscience, I no, can no longer participate in these. Right. My um, personal uh, religious conscience at that time was, um, um, and I grew up in a Unitarian, free-thinking kind of tradition. Sure. Um, um, that that uh, this this was a violation of um, my freedom of to, to believe to yeah. have um, some authority figure like a teacher um, um, promote the Bible as a um, of the Word of God and the infallible uh, Word of God that was a violation of my thinking. It's a three to nothing decision there in that federal court in Pennsylvania. It's going to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Was there any doubt in your mind or in the school district's mind they would? Would appeal this decision to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, I, I remember a very emotional meeting after the uh, uh, the district court's decision um, with the school district, and the school district voted to raise our taxes in order that they could make the appeal. <laughs> raise taxes to make an appeal. What an appealing thing to do. Okay, uh, when we come back, we're going to take another break. We're with Ellery Shemp from the Shemp versus Abington School District case, decided 50 years ago this year, and uh, a, a true touchstone in church-state First Amendment law for people not just in Pennsylvania, but indeed for people all over the world. It's still all over the country. Would it be the world? Be a great idea, not 
So true. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, taking this to the United States Supreme Court because um, not only was Ellery there to listen to the oral arguments, the whole Shemp clan came, including his uh, younger brother and sister, who would carry this forward, who would have standing to continue to pursue this. We'll get a sense from Ellery when we come back about uh, what he thought after he watched these august arguments, what he thought were the points scored by his side and the other side, and then take a look at how the rest of the country reacted to a decision in the favor of Ellery Shemp and his family. We'll be back for more right here on Culture Shocks. I'm your host, Barry Lynn. Shocks with Barry Lynn is heard on the Genesis Communication Network. Every month, Americans United for Separation of Church and State publishes an award-winning magazine called Church and State. It exposes efforts by the so-called religious right to eat away at the core principles of religious freedom. Should your tax dollars fund expensive private religious schools and cut back funding for your local public schools? Should government bureaucrats get back in the business of writing unity prayers for your children to recite at school? Should we teach good, solid science or replace it with religious messages? about intelligent design? Should special interest groups force your school library to take popular books from the Harry Potter series to Judy Bloom novels off the shelves? These are the issues explored every month in Church and State magazine. To learn more, go to www.au.org. Americans United fights to protect and promote the constitutional principle of church-state separation. For more information, please call us at 1-800-875-3707. Time and time again. You need to come here and help us. We need assistance. Please. Those we should be able to depend on let us down. Federal and state and local officials saying help is on the way. Well, the folks here in Bell Harbor say show me. Don't depend on the government to save you. Take action now so that you're prepared for the next disaster with MyPatriotSupply.com. Get the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Call 866-229-0927. We are hurting down here, and we need help immediately. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide 
worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves the Absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. No, all right, we are back right here on Culture Shocks. We're talking to Ellery Shemp of the Abington versus Shemp case, a dissenter on the matter of school prayer in his high school outside of Philadelphia, takes it all the way to the Supreme Court in a very famous decision still cited all over the country today. So, Ellery, uh, you go to the oral argument, you and the clan, the Shemp clan. Uh, what did you think of the argument? Were you impressed by the questions asked by the justices? I should point out that, of course, Clarence Thomas was not on the court, so presumably there was even more talking and asking of questions during that than you might see if you went to the court today and one member refuses to ever address a question to the lawyers. Well, it was a fascinating experience to be before the uh, to be in the gallery listening sure. to the arguments. Um, anybody, everybody should go to a, at least one Supreme Absolutely. Court hearing and uh, see how it works. It, it's an enormously uh, pressured time for the poor attorneys because they have exactly 60 minutes to speak. Uh, that's not 59 and not 61. <laughs> so, um, and the justices can interrupt at any time. So Indeed. the uh, attorneys have to be prepared to make their entire case in five minutes or in, uh, in 60 minutes. <laughs> Um, anyway, the, uh, the school district argued that the Bible was not actually a religious book. I see. Um, they yes. argued that, uh, that this whole thing had to do mm. with teaching morality. Ah. Well, of course, one person's morality is different from another's in, True. in this regard. And um, one a justice I remember asked, well, wouldn't it be, uh, and they argued that it was calming for the students, and the one justice asked, well, uh, wouldn't it be easier to give them tranquilizers? <laughs> But in, in another uh, case, uh, another justice said, well, look, I think in Hawaii there might be a majority of Buddhists. Would you agree that um, you know, by majority vote that uh, Buddhist prayers should be offered? Well, <laughs> the school district and the uh, uh, state attorney general for Pennsylvania uh, shrank back from that. But they didn't want any kind of majority vote for a non-Christian no Bible. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that literally did happen in a small uh, uh, Gulf Coast, uh, Texas school district about 15 years ago when 
when a Buddhist majority took over the school board because a lot of Vietnamese had settled there, Vietnamese fishermen, and uh, they decided to have a Buddhist prayer. And when the Christians uh, found out about it, they were pretty upset. And who did they call? The Texas ACLU. So <laughs> it was turned out not to be a uh, hypothetical. You mentioned that you grew yes. up in, uh, in Bethlehem, yeah. Pennsylvania. Um, I, just a couple weeks ago, I was in Harrisburg and uh, met a, a man who grew up in western Pennsylvania. Now, he had moved there. His family had moved there from some western state. Um, and he uh, uh, had no no notion that there were these, these Bible really? reading and religious devotions, that's what they were called, sure. in the morning ceremonies. And um, so he didn't participate. The teacher called him to the front of the room and paddled him. Uh, he was in junior high school, Good and heavens. every day for the last for the next uh, three years of his life, every morning that he did not participate in the devotions, he was paddled. I Good think that's grief. brutalizing and absolutely, absolutely. reprehensible. Absolutely, for, uh, and this is an example of how um, religious um, intolerance can affect somebody. No, absolutely. I once uh, was at a conference out in Oklahoma. A guy came up to me and he said, uh, "Take a look at my nose." I said, uh, yeah, you have a nose. He said, no, no, really look at the nose. And I noticed that it was, it was broken. And he said, see, it's broken. I said, yeah, I, I, I see that now. And he said, this was because I would not participate in prayer when I was in elementary school. And a, the, a kid punched me and beat me up afterwards and said, God hates me. So to this day... He literally has that scar. So, I mean, people sometimes think, well, you know, maybe the, they won't invite you to a party. It can get a lot worse than that. Go, let's go back to the Supreme Court just for a second. When you leave the court, one of the things that happens, I mean, everybody leaves the court. When I go over to see a case involving something of interest to me, I might go out and make a statement in front of a bunch of microphones. Did that happen to you? And what, how did you feel after the oral argument? Did you say, you know, we're going to win this? Or did you say, oh, boy, it's going to be touch and go? No, I felt very confident. Very confident. Um, remember that the year before, was, right. 1962, was the Engel versus Vitale decision, and um, that outlawed a regent's prayer in the state of New York. Right, but the state so wrote I thought that, that, that prayer. Set the, the tone for this. Yeah. And one of the phrases that I remember from the Engel decision that uh, I think is extremely powerful is uh, was, um, and I quote here: "It is no part of the business of government to be composing prayers." Right. And I think that extends to all the issues before school boards. And city councils this what is the business of government as paying any part of the business of government yeah no no indeed i do remember and i want to point this out there was another case consolidated with your case involving madeline murray o'hare who i'm sure many of my listeners remember seeing somewhere phil donahue used to have her on i think he had her on more times than any other single guest in the history of his television show and she was a very vocal uh, opponent of what was going on in Baltimore schools, which was a prayer and also Bible reading. Uh, and she was a much bigger publicity seeker uh, than you and your family were. I remember talking to Madeline one day and asking her about the Engel versus Vitali case, and she said, oh, that was easy because the state wrote the prayer. I was more concerned about the outcome in our case, meaning her case and your case. But you said, yes, it kind of looked good from your perspective. 
Um, it, it looked very good. Um, I'm very glad you mentioned um, Madeline Murray. The actual uh, full title of the case is Abington versus Shemp and Murray versus Curlett. Right. And uh, Madeline Murray was a colorful figure, and uh, she had brought almost the identical case. That, uh, her case started in Baltimore, as you mentioned, in 1960. It was uh, two years later than ours. But... Um, the two cases reached the Supreme Court by different routes, and the court consolidated them, uh, joined them together, and so that's why the, the, the title is there. Madeline Murray um, was founded American Atheist, and I think she deserves a great deal of credit for bringing, um, putting atheists on the map and making that a, um, an organization that has had some success sure. in standing up for separation of church and state. So, um, but she was um, controversial, and um, Life magazine once put a picture of her on the cover um, under the banner, the most hated woman in America. I mean, so uh, all kinds of vituperation fell oh, down course. upon Madeline Murray because she was an atheist. Now, I was on, not, not very much of a believer in a, become an atheist. Um, and I'm uh, happy to say that. Um, but, you know, in those days, uh, an atheist was uh, associated with oh, atheistic, atheistic communism and, you know, all the enemies that we could, could imagine. And so she was, um, she was, she was hated. Um, but um, she was right. She was right, and the, and the case comes down, and you hear about it, uh, not from CNN, remember, folks, no CNN. How'd you hear about it? It's a very clever story. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turned out that uh, in uh, June of 1963, um, early June, I had gotten married uh, to Josephine Hallett, and we were on a honeymoon of uh, camping and uh, tenting across the United States to all the national parks. And I was in the middle of South Dakota. Wow. We listened to this on the radio, and so I, uh, I thought, well, um, get off the highway here and, and get to the nearest town, and we'll find a motel, and we'll be able to listen to the uh, evening news with sure. our cover ride on CBS or something. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we drove into this motel and asked if we could, and they didn't have um, no uh, TV. TVs in the <laughs> lobby in those days. So, so we asked if we could actually go to a room and watch the, uh, the news on television. <laughs> <laughs> the desk clerk was aghast. <laughs> Talk about a quickie, yeah. Um, and insisted that, um, you know, um, we were um, just jokers and wanted to have sex for the next uh, half hour or something, and, and he wouldn't give us a room. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, well, look, look, we'll leave the door open, whatever. <laughs> but finally, he, he relented a little bit and found another hotel that actually did have a wow. um, uh, TV in the lobby, and he sent us over there with the instructions, don't give these guys a room under any condition. <laughs> so no, no so that's, room. That's how I learned about the uh, the full extent of the decision. So there it is. There's the decision, and it's eight to one. Only Justice Potter Stewart in dissent. We got to take another break. When we come back to wrap up this conversation, we'll find out what the reaction was in the rest of the country. What did the president say? And what did Congress do? Very different views, very different reactions, and uh, some of those reactions and the differences still play out in arguments today, 2013. We'll be back on Culture Shocks. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Our nation's founders believed that all Americans have the right to worship according to their own beliefs or not to worship at all. So strong was their commitment to religious freedom that they enshrined it in the first sentence of the Bill of Rights. 
Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We call this constitutional guarantee the first freedom. Religion is deeply personal, and Americans must be free to practice without coercion. There must be a separation of church and state. We are on the verge of losing this fundamental freedom. You may wonder, what can I do? The answer is simple. Do what our founders did. Sign your name to a very important document, the First Freedom First Petition. Go to www.firstfreedomfirst.org and sign it today. By standing together, we can send a powerful message to our elected officials. Wouldn't it be nice to have one product that replaces more than 10, saving you space, time, and money? HempUSA.org has a complete full-spectrum vitamin mineral detox formulation called MicroPlant Powder Gold. MicroPlant Powder Gold contains 101 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and iodine, has a 100-year shelf life, and is a perfect addition to any storage shelter. Make MicroPlant Powder Gold your choice. Call 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Order today at 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org. Ouch! My back is out again! Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's DrOrtman.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. All right, 
Barry Lynn here, your host of Culture Shocks, and a big, as you know, church-state separation advocate. Very feel very close always uh, to my guest Ellery Shemp, uh, who was involved in the Abington versus Shemp case. The man who, uh, in high school, started the process. It led to an eight to one decision by the United States Supreme Court 50 years ago saying, no, 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 you cannot have organized school prayer. You cannot require Bible reading uh, at the beginning of every class. And as it turns out, Ellery, I I recently had an MRI. Now, how does that relate me further to you? Well, uh, I spent my life uh, doing physics, and I was very interested in nuclear waste disposal issues, and I worked on um, what's called magnetic resonance, and that became uh, magnetic resonance imaging. Yep. So um, I didn't invent it, and I don't want anybody to think so. Um, but I was, was was there at the inception, and I did some work to help uh, hospitals understand how the new technology worked and how sure. uh, the sighting could uh, could be arranged. Interesting. Well, uh, you know, I, it was. I can't say that mine was a completely pleasant experience, but I can say that, you know, at least they didn't find anything wrong. Speaking of it, (laughs) what did, what was the reaction of the president to this decision and uh, the somewhat different reaction from Congress? Well, one of the important things to recognize in the 8 to 1 decision, which is unusual if we think today about 5 to 4 decision, um, was that um, a, a, a justices that represented Jewish communities, Catholic communities, and Protestant communities all came together to agree that this was a, a, an unconstitutional uh, violation of the First Amendment. So that was that was significant. The um, the other thing is that um, you know in, in the years since uh, the Abington case has been cited many times, and uh, you know from justices who've been appointed by many many different presidents, and um, it's been reaffirmed and expanded sure. to the Weissman, Lee versus Weissman and Epperson versus uh, Grillard and various other cases about um, separation of church and state. So um, I don't want to claim any pioneering uh, work here, but I noticed that the case has um, remained uh, very significant Indeed. in terms of future decisions. Indeed it did. Uh, the to go to the president and the Congress, their oh, reaction. Yes, and I yeah. wanted to say that uh, President Kennedy made a wonderful statement yes, uh, just after the decision. Um, he said, I, I think we can all pray a little bit more in our homes and in our churches and in our synagogues, and so yeah. prayer in the school is not so um, important. He didn't exactly no. say that, but, no. uh, but th- that's the important point, that why do we have to have prayer in school? Exactly. And uh, I remember a particular Herb Lock cartoon from the Washington Post um, in which he said, was a man uh, looking at the newspaper headlines, uh, Supreme Court uh, declares prayer unconstitutional, blah, 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 um, blustering over the um, uh, breakfast table and says, what, what does the Supreme Court want us to do? Listen to the kids pray at home? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's such a strange... The, the other thing about Kennedy, I mean, Kennedy did also in that uh, response, as I recall it, he said, you know, it is the Supreme Court. I mean, we have to give, he gave credibility to the court, and it's so different from what politicians often do. I remember after the decision that said you can't have a student pray over the public address system uh, at 
football games in the state of Texas, or for that matter, anywhere else. The next day I was on ESPN, of all places, with Senator Lindsey Graham. And Lindsey Graham was trying to explain how he expected this would have marginal effect because there were all kinds of ways to circumvent the decision of the court. And I said, you know, Senator, I think maybe it would be better if you affirm the value of having this final referee, this final court that would look at this objectively instead of trying to teach people how to avoid the decision. But I said, if you're going to continue on this route, I got an idea. Maybe you could train parrots to say the Lord's Prayer and then release them in football stadiums in Texas. And he seemed to take offense that I was jocularly suggesting that maybe he should just say the court is the court and not try to evade it. The court, uh, uh, the Congress at that time of, of your case, of course, decides they're going to amend the Constitution to overturn it. How close did that come? Um, and almost every year, um, some um, bill has been introduced, an amendment has been introduced uh, to overturn that decision. And, and it's come close to passing, mm -hmm. but it requires a two-thirds majority right. in both houses of Congress. And it's never quite achieved uh, two-thirds. No, in 19... But, um, it's strange, and I completely agree with your statement, um, <laughs> that the... Um, why, why is this um, so important? I mean, I know that people said, that, well, the country has gone to hell in a handbasket since we took prayer out of the schools. <laughs> This is simply not true. The schools actually are less violent, even though we hear about these horrible shootings in many places. But, um, you know, the, the violence that I saw in my high school um, was calling names of, uh, of kids from uh, different ethnic backgrounds sure. and whatever, um, religious backgrounds, and the bullying um, was taking place on a regular basis. And I think this has been reduced. And yeah. I don't think that um, prayer um, provides any uh, real morality for this country. No, uh, certainly not uh, re recited at the homeroom period in uh, schools. Uh, by the way, I love when people say, you know, they find some statistic about how things have gotten worse, even though some, uh, as you point out, a lot of those are bogus. But I like to say, well, let's say that we just look at charts and we just look at uh, the marijuana use and it's gone up since they took out government-sponsored prayer in school. But look at the gross national product. It's gone up so much. So I guess taking the <laughs> prayer out of point. school has helped the economic growth of America. Well, that's silly, they say. Well, of course. Now, I recently saw you uh, and participated in an event uh, up uh, near your hometown in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, tragically, it was just a few days before the Boston bombings. Uh, but you were on a panel with a young woman from Rhode Island. Again, we're not talking about Mississippi or Louisiana, folks. We're talking about Rhode Island, who had just won a court case at her high school. This issue continues. It just finds variations like hers. This is very sad to me that uh, after 50 years, we don't recognize what the issues are. I mean, this is a, not a Christian nation. We are a constitutional nation. And um, the, the word secular means actually that the government should be neutral with regard to religious issues. Jessica Alquist in uh, Rhode Island um, objected to a prayer um, banner um, panel that was uh, installed in her school. And um, she was exactly right. Of course, she won uh, the court decision. Sure. That panel has now been removed. 
but uh, this is an indication that we don't want to try to find end runs, as uh, you mentioned. Um, why, why do that? Why don't we just recognize that this is a secular nation with a great diversity of religious uh, opinions and religious views and accept that? And uh, why try to have uh, some Christian doctrine um, installed in the schools? Yeah, and I guess sadly the answer is because there are people of various religious faiths in various times, Christians mainly today, who want the imprimatur, the blessing, hand of government saying, you guys are right, or at least you're more right than the other people, then often, and we'll give you some money to prove it, uh, which is a whole other topic. You were elected after uh, the Abington uh, High School and the principal and the guidance counselor who kind of maybe thought he made a point but didn't want to say anything. Eventually, you're elected to the Abington High School Hall of Fame. Do you get a star? Like they do in well, Hollywood? I was very amused. Um, uh, and it was um, it was very nice of them to do this. I think uh, when I left Abington, they were bad, glad to see the back of me. But then um, to have recognized uh, 40 years later that um, uh, maybe I made some contribution. But they were very care- clear that uh, my contribution was to uh, the field of science, and they didn't mention anything about uh, no civics kidding. or government. Or, no <laughs> kidding. They, I had no state. I, I But nonetheless, no I'm um, proud of them for um, um, recognizing my contribution. Well, that's great. Uh, when you look back at your work career and all the work you did after you get a Ph.D. and go beyond uh, uh, starting at college at Tufts, you, did the involvement in this case help you or hurt you or have had very little effect on your working life over all these years? Well, it had very little effect. And obviously, the, if I was writing a resume, I would not put this case on the front line. <laughs> so, um, well, so, um, you know, I didn't want to get uh, involved in um, sure. religious uh, issues or political issues. Uh, I was simply looking for a job of to uh, use my skills in physics and uh, mathematics. As you so, did. Um, but um, uh, it hasn't hurt me. And um, uh, and for many years, I mean, this was not a, a hot button no, topic. I mean, it was in the background. Sure. It came up from time to time when Reagan tried to get a exactly. uh, constitutional amendment passed yeah. in 1988 yeah. or so. Yeah. Um, but uh, since I retired um, from my yeah. consulting and other activities, yeah. I've been more and more active more, and, um, and, and trying um, to remember yeah. this. And I think and, many Americans are I, I also want to of say it. great thanks it's, to it's, Americans United. Well, and I think an organization think. like AU does a tremendous job because they amplify our individual voices. I thank you so much for that plug, and uh, that does it for today's edition of Culture Shocks. I'm your host, Barry Lynn. We've been talking to Ellery Shemp. We'll talk again tomorrow right here on Culture Shocks. This edition of Culture Shocks has been produced by Diane Robinson, engineered by Dwayne Davis, and the Genesis Communication Network technical staff. Visit us online at cultureshocks.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the 
people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. Come on, team. Let's get mean. This is not the chant of rabid football fans egging on their team to pound their opponents. Rather, this is the raucous war cry of far-out right-wing ideologues pumping up Team GOP to pound the bejesus out of America's millions of unemployed workers. Far from a game, this is real, and it's a moral abomination. I've been unemployed before, and I can tell you it's a misery. All the more so today, when there are far more people out of work than there are job openings. This leaves millions of our fellow Americans mired in the debilitating misery of long-term unemployment. But that's not miserable enough for a feral breed of Ayn Randian zealots who are lobbying Republican governors, legislators, and Congress critters to punish the jobless for, well, for their joblessness. In this perverse universe, unemployment benefits and other poverty prevention programs are sapping our nation's vitality by allowing moochers to live the life of Riley and avoid work. The GOP's budget demigod, Representative Paul Ryan, summarized this doctrine in a fanciful homily deriding America's tattered safety net as, quote, a hammock that lulls able-bodied people to lives of dependency and complacency. This from a guy who has spent his adult life in the sweet-swaying hammock of congressional privilege. As ridiculous and just plain mean as this attitude is, it plays well in the insanity of Republican primary elections. So state after state, as well as the U.S. House, are succumbing to this pound-the-poor right-wing dogma by frenetically slashing unemployment benefits. This is Jim Hightower saying, behind this faux philosophical push are the smiling barons of corporate America. Without jobless payments, you see, desperate millions will be forced to take jobs on whatever miserable terms the barons decree. In recent years, more Americans are becoming uncertain about the future, especially since the idea of global warming has evolved from a political debate to a general acceptance that climate change is real. It's resulting in more violent weather and violent extremes in temperature. It serves no purpose here to speak of fear or to live in fear. But there are common sense signs that suggest that our food security is being impacted. 
The USDA makes annual forecasts of our nation's corn crop each year. It's instructive to review recent corn yields simply to look at how they are faring with regard to projections. You know, a majority of our diet has corn in it. Did you know that corn production in America has fallen below normal for the past several years? The 2012 crop averaged only 123 bushels to the acre, which is almost one-fourth below USDA projections. This year, the USDA is projecting another record crop, while one-half of the country remains in severe drought. At the same time, we're eating our way through our cattle herds. Ranchers are cutting back herd size because of drought. This year's calf crop will be the lowest since 1949, and the annual calf crop has been declining since 1995. None of this is very good news for our food supply. Recently, I discovered a service called GoFoods. The company packages and sells dehydrated, non-GMO, ready-to-eat meals with a long shelf life. After investigating the company, I bought a URL, and it's called www kcaafoods.com. Now this website forwards to the Go Foods product site. Again, Go Foods packages, prepares, and delivers monthly supplies of ready-to-eat, dehydrated, non-GMO meals right to your residence. You simply order it online and you get a month's supply by mail. My Go Foods service costs a little over $100 a month. And in a few months, I'll have a good stockpile of non-GMO meals in my pantry. Some meals have a shelf life of over a decade, so my wife just stores them in ice chests, and then they can be accessed later if we need them. Also, some people buy Go Foods and add them to their regular menu. Either way, it's a good deal. Obviously, committing $100 a month to stored foods is a cheap insurance policy, so to subscribe to this food service, just like I have, go to the following website www.kcaafoods.com or call toll-free 855-909-1050. My name is Fred Lundgren. I'm the founder and CEO of KCAA Radio, and I agree with this message. There's a man named Dr. Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician, Doc asks... Why does the United States spend more money on health care by far and still rank 50th in health and longevity worldwide? He believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, taking charge of their life, and attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs leading to side effects. This is clearly a deadly recipe. The good news is Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the big government and big pharma manipulation of our health care system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about health care. Thanks, Alex. To purchase Longevity products, go to the KCAA website at kcaaradio.com and click on the Longevity banner on the upper right side of the KCAA homepage. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. Life is like a battlefield. 
there's a battle for the soul of America. We can't let him tear the kingdom down. This is no game. This is war. Flesh and blood. It's between the bad and good. We can't stop until the trumpet sound. This is war. Not a game we're playing. This is war. The only question is, which side will you be on? It's time now for a call to decision with Pastor Butch Paul. Okay, James, I'm ready to roll. <laughs> I apologize to the uh, to the listeners tonight. This is DV. I'm filling in for Pastor Butch and a little bit uh, jumped the gun on the, the bumper music there. But anyway, Pastor Butch is taking some well-deserved time off for all of his hard work during the year. And speaking of that, I hope you have a pencil or a pen and paper, because you need to write something down. Um, speaking of Pastor Butch's hard work, this program I'm hosting tonight for him would not be able to stay on the air without your generous donations, and they are greatly needed at this time. I know, and so does Pastor Butch, that times are tough, and, and we appreciate that. Freedom isn't cheap, and getting the truth to tens of thousands of Americans also isn't cheap, and I'm sure listeners understand that. So won't you please send a check first thing tomorrow and make a note so you don't forget. And don't think that those small amounts don't make a difference because they do. So please make uh, send your check to Decision Ministries, Decision Ministries. The address is 224 Heard H. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.